Initiating Machine Learning Smooth. You all wow. saw it. <laughs> There's never been a more professional podcast. Like a <laughs> Nor has there been a more professional live stream. Hello, Scrappers Live. That was it. That was all we were going to say. That was it. That's all we stream had. Over. Yeah, that's, that's End it. stream. <laughs> Man, I was going to say the infectious energy is really kind of feeding <laughs> off each other. Well, we're very easily confused, I think you'll find. And yeah, this technology is has defeated us. Those of you at home may know we are down one this evening. Izzy may be in the audience tonight. I'm not sure, but is she's not feeling up to um, <laughs> participating uh, due to some, you know, omnipresent pandemic issues. So uh, we're actually going to have a weird programming deviation from our normal weekly podcast releases next week and the week after. You will be getting in the normal Pod Against the Machine release slot. The episodes one and two of our debut Pathfinder Second Edition adventure, GM'd by none other than Jeff. This guy. What? Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this will be. I'm gonna fail to do the title because now we're live. Jimmy Fame presents Bonus Against the Machine. More pod for your bod. Sponsored by Charlie the Lizard Folks Chicken Emporium. More cluck for your buck. <laughs> Nailed it. So where did those hearts come from? Me. Oh. <laughs> My appreciation. <laughs> it's like, I didn't do anything in this stream. How did someone do that? <laughs> the stream just did it automatically because, you know, it knew. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's great. We get all the rules totally right. Uh, rules super smoothly. I mean, it is really the by the bookedness that you've come to expect from us. The literal interpretation of the text. Yeah, I I think it's our best rules knowledge demonstration that's ever happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I were to wager in the future when a rules sommelier is kind of swirling these episodes around, they're going to say, that's the best vintage <laughs> they've ever had. Notes of expertise and despair. Mm-hmm. And a smooth, smooth finish. And birds. <laughs> it burns. Yeah, uh, based off of our post recording conversations and realizations, I may have to record an epilogue <laughs> of what really happened, oh, but no. don't worry, no spoilers. <laughs> and the eternal shame attached to that. Just re record the endings two other times, like Clue. <laughs> uh, also, Dodgeball's got the great, all, the original ending was that the underdogs lose. Yeah. And it's just, there was no, like, elimination round. Like, they just lose the end. <laughs> like, mm, that would have been perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers, though. We got everything right. This was just, like, mm-hmm. a fun joke. Ha-ha. So tune in for that next week, and it should be a lot of fun. And also, we'll have this, you know, on the podcast feed at some point, And you'll listen to it again, even though you're watching it now. Yeah, like two weeks down the line and go <laughs> oh wow next week and get really excited and then realize that we were talking about uh <laughs> the uh second of august <laughs> well the thing is like 
I didn't actually say the words next week. I did the little special timestamp thing where it's going to automatically AI mm. generate my voice mm-hmm. um, and say the appropriate date. No, it won't be <laughs> at all as bad as watching a movie on TV in the 90s. And it's like, you know, you're going to hear our podcast on August 21st <laughs> in our normal time slot. <laughs> We're going to bid on the Atlanta Falcons. We need to start doing that when people <laughs> accidentally curse just to replace it with like the really bad oh god what was it in in the first matrix movie the tv edit for whatever reason apparently you couldn't say jesus christ on tv so he says like jeepers or something in a <laughs> voice that isn't keanu reeves voice when they pull the bug out of him <laughs> that's perfect jiminy jillikers he's oh. <laughs> like jeepers creepers that thing's real or something like that instead of jesus <laughs> And it's so it's even worse than the Mr. Falcon thing from Die Hard, <laughs> if that's possible. <laughs> I believe you mean Captain Falcon from F-Zero. Yeah. And Super Smash Brothers. Welcome to Machine Learning, everyone. A pot about the machine? A pot about the machine. Where, from who? From us. A pot against the machine. Those guys. And... <laughs> 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 and uh, we bring to you the personality and uh, suave savoir-faire and, and other French uh, words we don't totally convey or understand the meaning of in their use to you on live stream this evening, uh, where we will be discussing episodes 55? Just, just say the, the ones from... Now, starting in January 2022. Yeah, I, you know, I looked at this. The I think one of the first ones we're talking about is it starting in January, or I is think it so. midway through? Okay, yeah, because I listened to one this morning that was on the 25th of January and was like, ah, yes, just in time. Six months later, <laughs> let's really dig into this. Yeah, we finished up last time talking about the raid on the Smilers, which I believe was December and like the very beginning of January. Oh, and also, uh, Finder pointed out, we forgot, uh, this is, actually, I gotta say the whole thing or the title doesn't work. This is Machine Learning, a pod about the machine, from Pod Against the Machine, the only podcast with a supplementary podcast with a 25 title, that because of that title, you have to say it that exact way or it's the wrong number of words. That's what I was. That's what I was trying for. Thanks, Finder. You get it. Thank you. Yeah. No, I mean, I was. I was. It's so hot here, and I have to turn off my AC for these people. <laughs> it's like like a hundred and one outside right now, Jeff. Wow. For these people whom we love, <laughs> who we love. For but. these people, we would do a hundred and two degrees. Or a hundred and two word podcasts, but sometimes I can only remember like twelve of them. So thank you, Finder of Pats. Yeah. Oh, Someday we're gonna make a podcast with a title so big that it will crush the. That it's the whole podcast. <laughs> By the time you're done saying, it'll it, be like too just... many cooks, but it's just all saying the. Well, I mean, how long is the actual official title of McFib? That's got to be thirty words plus, right? Oh yeah. Pause for counting. It's important. <laughs> Anything to get to the, to stop us from getting to these recaps. We really just. <laughs> uh, yeah, going back to a recap. Who wants to? Uh, I think Zach was starting to talk about it before I interrupted him to say the t- the name of the show. It's only twenty three words. No, no, you're doing you're doing important <laughs> work there. 
I am just trying to locate which one we're getting started with in these fastidiously kept notes that I have here. Yeah, unfortunately we didn't eat uh, with the Smiths on any of these, so my notes are going to be mostly about how many bullets I have and how many misfired guns. So I think we're we're starting off with the receiver array app, right? Uh, where we head into to Chokesville. Is that true? Alexander yeah. to Chokesville? 55. Yeah. Uh, sounds about right. Yeah, Chokington okay. and um, mm-hmm. Brixby's no good, very bad day. Mm-hmm. One of many. <laughs> the first of many, probably, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't say that's <laughs> the first. Oh, well, not the did first. Did we forget Hetuef? He did lose a face. And... <laughs> did we forget Garmin's house? <laughs> yeah, no, there's series of bad days. Uh, did you forget getting kidnapped by uh, Sandville? Or maybe... I forget most of the bad things that happened. Uh, what a memoir for that rat. <laughs> uh... Yeah, so we managed to not get tetanus up to this point. I'm actually surprised in general that that did not seem to be... Like, it just felt natural that at one point there was going to be some sort of, like, tetanus trap or rusty scrap wall town. Didn't even happen to us. Instead, aliens. Just the one alien. Not just alien. It was, uh, like, freaking Cthulhu mythos alien, wasn't it? Wasn't it, like, dark tapestry? Yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a little bit yeah. of a dark tapestry cut, the Rue Chalik, which I believe was original for this mm-hmm. adventure. Now, you probably can't say anything of that spoiling, but does that tie into anything? It just seems so out of place with anything else for there to be like a dark tapestry thing. Or was it just another random alien that these guys collected that got out when they all crashed? Without getting into... You know, spoiler territory. I'm going to say that, you know, sometimes Paizo throws in things in books that um, don't ever go anywhere as kind of a red herring. And sometimes they throw in things that, you know, there'll be a callback to. And sometimes they throw in things that are a big deal. And I won't say which of which this is, but it was adorable. And it was very fun to write up nightmares for every single character. <laughs> yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, that was the big payoff of we all knew internally at some point something awful is going to happen because Sam just messages us basically, hey, what's your character's biggest fear for no reason? And then things like, so why? Is there is there a reason why? Not that I need it. Just curious. Also, yeah. can you record <laughs> yourself saying these things to be used for just for no yeah, reason. The one that really got me was that second message. Like the first one's like, okay, this is going to be something interesting. Maybe there's going to be like flashbacks or something, or maybe somebody's going to hit us with a spell. And then when he gave the second message, like here's a bunch of lines with no context, record <laughs> these. And it's stuff like, you're saying to Brixby, I hate you, or you failed me, or whatever that one was, or you're saying to her, it's like, oh my god, what is he planning with this? These are awful. <laughs> I don't know why you would think that. I mean, sometimes you just need to have things in the hopper. Speaking of hopper, uh, that was a good jumping episode for old Mad Ups McJumps. Uh, you- hey. <laughs> I was wondering how you were going to tie Dennis into this. Um, but no. Uh, yeah, horizontal leaps, too. Mm-hmm. That was that was a treat. Uh, there, there are times when, as, as a player, 
rolling dice for a fictional game where there is a, a at least a 1 in 20 chance not that you miss but that you just ruin your whole day uh, and your and your main weapon doesn't work anymore there's sometimes when it's like why on earth would i have chosen this class given <laughs> my ability to roll dice poorly uh, but then there's other times when uh, when it's like i flew through the air reloaded in midair and you know like jumped up and parkoured off and shot a tiny space alien we're like yeah you could 100 percent choreograph like an action movie sequence based just on what asher did in the rue chalik fight it was very john woo john woo chalik (laughs) there's the episode title that got away yeah let's go back and rename that (laughs) oh man and here i just had a couple notes to myself that i had to make sure make a joke about rupaul and Mayim Bialik. I didn't even think about <laughs> Wu Chalik. Man. But Brixby did a lot of thinking. And boy, was it all negative. Boy, that was actually some of the most intense, unplanned roleplay. Because I'll pull back the curtain a little bit. And this is good policy sometimes when you record a podcast for other people's consumption where you don't. We don't really like to do things over. So we sometimes will let each other know when we're like, hey, we're going to do this scene together. I'd like to do this scene with you. And it's going to be a little tear jerky. But that one was just a pretty big surprise for everybody, I think. And it was also one of the few moments where it wasn't PvP. We haven't really experienced the like mind control charm versus someone in the party yet. But it, it felt like it to a degree. It's the closest thing to it. Brixby thought you were all antagonists for a little while. So, yeah, it, it was really interesting and traumatizing, but but good. But it did screw Brixby up a good deal. I've definitely said that a few times, but I should really, I would love to impress. That was the episode that really broke something in his brain. Yeah, I, I felt bad um, writing some of these because uh, they got intense. Uh, <laughs> and... Um, like I'm, I'm not sure that I used. Like I wrote five things, I think, for each character, and I'm not sure I used all five for Brixby, but he definitely got more than anyone else. He's a little trauma rat. He, he, he seems to just kind of like really attract it um, in his just goings about. I guess that's fine. I, I, I'm... he also kept failing Wilson. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's the big one. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. attached to me, and just like Jeff, I don't know why I decided to play a game that is based off of randomized dice rolls for optimal outcome, but for fun and for torture, self-torture. What else did we do? Did we meet Heath in this episode, or did we just induct him into a Next life? Next one, of crime? we met him. Next one. Oh, uh, Vargas spent. I think all of this episode and about half of the next one, just like kind of off screen running through empty rooms <laughs> because he had the brilliant idea of getting around behind he was the, uh, the whole ship, space yeah. jellyfish. And by the time he finally came out, I think we were halfway through the next fight. Yeah, we didn't. You didn't get dragged into an alternative combat, which I yeah. thought was going to happen to you. Um, Sam yeah. is incredibly kind for not, I mean, just being like a, Oh, especially, I want to say, I think, like, the third or fourth room that he walked into was the nest of that thing. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God, there's going to be more in here. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, no, there's nothing there. You can keep going. Yeah, and, and this thing wasn't particularly um, dangerous offensively. It was just that it 
shows you your deepest fears and makes you afraid of everyone around you. <laughs> no big deal. The definition of NBD, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and that's certainly not anything that would ever come back in any way. No. no. One of those red herrings, just like you said. Uh, all, all jest aside for just a moment, shockingly, I, I don't want to let this episode discussion go by without acknowledging that when Zach says this like broke something in Brixby, just sometimes you do a production with your friends and it's just really fun. You're playing a game and other times you see this awful thing happen and the way that their character responds to it and continues to feel echoes from that. You're just like, man, dude, Zach crushed it. Thank you. I, well, just like everybody else, we have a lot of practice with trauma before we get to the table, so, right? Uh, but no, I think that that is, that's something I've really enjoyed uh, in general about playing with this group, is that we can, we can work, uh, we can transition really easily out of our viscous kind of humor into some pretty serious territory like organically uh, and, and kind of as a unit too. I feel like I never really, I don't know. It's um really inspiring to watch people play with the commitment to their character's emotional honesty and truth with everybody here. Uh, and, and, and Izzy, Izzy, you count as being here. You are signified by the strange door above my head. Um, but yeah, no, I, I want to echo what Jeff said. I mean, actually, especially again, this doesn't apply to this, but, if you've listened to recent episodes, they've been very emotional for everyone and done an excellent job, except for maybe a jerk who left and didn't decide to feel. <clears throat> that was a very emotional going away. <laughs> <laughs> it was so emotional, he forced Brixby to do it like four times after he left. <laughs> Whatever yeah. happened, I mean... Whatever who knows who we're spoilers. talking about or what yes. happened. Yeah. Yeah, those sound like spoilers. I don't know what you're even alluding to. If anyone is li- is watching this uh, and is still back in book two or never even listened, no spoilers, but hey, thanks for being here. Yeah. Weird that you're here and haven't listened yet, but we're so glad you are. <laughs> they actually didn't want to uh, digest any media that we didn't also <laughs> review as well. And that is good on you, that you had the self-control to not crack into any of the episodes of the past six <laughs> months until we talk about them here uh, with full, vibrant detail and a rich memory of their goings on. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely not seven months ago. No us. time. Ah, yes. That'd be weird. <laughs> seven. I need to make that shirt. I need to get off my butt. And no time is best. You know what? We'll, we'll take it from here for a bit. <laughs> throughout just no time like the present oh that reminds me i was photoshopping <laughs> david and tim curry's heads oh. together for an icon all times are the present that's still half done in another tab <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i was very sad to find out that keith david no longer appears to be coming to schenectady i don't know what happened there seems like maybe he got bumped for james marsters and i will never forgive mr marsters for that i mean i like james oh, marsters but he is no keith david same. I mean, maybe he just decided not to come. But that could also be the case. <laughs> he's in that new Jordan Peele movie. I didn't realize that. Oh, cool. Yeah, he's in that. He one. is. Nope. What do you call it? Nope. <laughs> so, other things that are scary are things that can choke you. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> and I don't just mean 
small parts inside bags or uh, pretzels if you are a Texan president that we once had. Uh, I mean, actually chokers that choke or commit acts of terrorism. <laughs> also the force. Oh, true. Yeah, that I would also Gotta respect that it. one. That's fair. Yeah. It's one of those chokers are one of those some semi iconic, at least to me, like I, they, they come up in a ton of adventures and I'd never encountered one as a player before or a GM. I've just only heard and it was kind of fun. My first character death in a Pathfinder game was to a choker. <laughs> I had a sea elf sorcerer who uh, got horribly murdered by a choker in uh, a game of Ruins of Aslant. Rip. I always mix Which is up. weird. Normally I think of sorcerers as really like robust and hearty <laughs> yeah. classes that are tough to kill. Can really take a choking. That's what they say in the player's <laughs> handbook right under the class. Uh, but I do... Yeah, they say 1d6 <laughs> um, extra resistance against chokes. I, I mix up chokers, cloakers, and ropers who are all classic like Darklands the dungeon creatures that are all very different CRs. I know there's probably at least one person listening to this now or will be listening to this later who could tell me but I think it's like a like one, four, and thirteen, or something like that. But yeah, I can never, I couldn't remember what they were. But now, the Heath art has just burned that into my brain. Um, I can only see him when I close my eyes. No, uh, I can only see him when I think about chokers in general. So thank you, Heath. And it was pleasant to meet him. Sam, did you enjoy playing him? I did. I totally did not expect to have to RP as a choker, but you know, you all are <laughs> definitely become the party that leaves one alive and, <laughs> and takes a hostage. And that hostage has to get a name like Heath. It's like, if you don't name him, we will. <laughs> well, I enjoy the um, logic of choker to joker to Heath and I'm not sure if the other ones were Joaquin and... Um... I think there was a Jared Leto in there. <laughs> <laughs> they made sure he was up on the receiver array before. It... <laughs> <laughs> well, he was a very method choker, was the problem. Even though it didn't Just, make any sense to me. Uh, and no, he was I only being to... method about the uh, part of the campaign that took place in like the first five minutes and didn't make any sense to be method over. <laughs> My favorite part was when he said it's choking time and started choking. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We finally got uh, there yeah. to the appropriate chair. I still can't get over him making people wheel him around in a wheelchair on that set for a movie where he's only crippled for the first 20 minutes of the movie. I did not know about that. Oh, I think I did know about that. Yeah. He's, he seems like a just not great person to work with. He's not invited on yeah. this podcast, nope. unlike Keith David mm -hmm. and Tim Curry. It's true. Or previous Joker incarnations. Uh, specifically, Jack Nicholson. Or Mark Hamill. Uh, Mark Hamill's invited, I would say. Yeah. No? Is he yeah. bad? No? Yeah, I would invite him. I just no, panicked and no. thought, oh, there's some terrible thing Mark Hamill did that I don't know about. Uh, <laughs> well, <there> is <laughs> he is very vocal about his opinions, but I respect it. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, there was that time that he uh, contaminated all of the makeup in Gotham City with Joker venom, but it's okay because, uh, what the heck's his name? Not Tim Conway. Uh, what's, is it Tim Conway? Who voiced Batman? Burton? No. Uh, oh, no. Uh, Michael Keaton. No, in the uh, TV show. The Google. The old, old one? Like Adam West? Talking about the cartoon? Because because Hamill is cartoon voice Batman. You're talking about uh, the Kevin series? Conroy. That's the last name. I mean, that's the first name. Kevin Conroy, not Tim Conroy. Tim Conroy, I think, is like a country singer or something. Yep. Or <laughs> Conway. Yeah. Tim Conway is country singer. <laughs> they're, yeah. They're, they're all welcome on the podcast. Uh, yep. If you voiced, yeah. In fact, the Joker, or you played, then any country singer <laughs> wants to contribute some royalty-free music, we'll find a way to use it. <laughs> Well, is is Caesar Romero still alive? Because he would be invited. Also, no, he's very dead. He's been dead for a long time. It's like he was uh, like fifty when he was Caesar filming Romero. that show, so I'm pretty sure he's not alive anymore. Yeah, he died in his mid eighties, uh, like yeah, nineteen ninety four years ago. <laughs> rich life. So, but speaking of all dead, here's uh, something we actually didn't talk about relating to this podcast episode. Oof. Just thinking about Keith David and Heath Ledger. and But all of the Thralls of Hellion, right? That's what they were called? The Thralls of Hellion? That mm-hmm. was their name? Yeah. Unlike all of the other gangs, like Red, Red Tooth Warren was decimated because of their battles. Like the Steelhawks were flagging but doing all right. And then obviously like the Smilers were... You know, but this was the only gang that we had heard about that by the time that we got there, they were just basically gone. Like, I expected to be fighting hordes of chokers, like, or, you know, yeah. at least like something along the lines of what we encountered with Mero or someone yeah. else. So I was wondering if, what other people's perception was about that, or why do we think that was the case? Um, I assumed it was because they got blamed for the receiver array not working, and because they were chokers and they have like a two intelligence, they couldn't explain that it wasn't them. That's what I'm assuming. So, like, the other gangs just killed them all out of, like, anger or out of punishment or something? Was that basically what it was? Does, do you have a different theory, Jeff, or pretty much the same theory? Yeah. No, I, I, and I think we, we basically learned as much as Hellion had a temper tantrum and how them all get killed. I forgot. I didn't um, realize we had learned that, but that makes a lot of sense. Uh, but, yeah, but even it, before that... Knowing, knowing to what extent what that would look like. Thralls of Hellion sort of... I mean, they, they sounded cool. Like, these are probably some... Not not cool, like, I'd love to have, you know, a cup of cold brew coffee with them. Uh, but, like, they sound they, they sound kind of, I don't know, dedicated and maybe zealous, not just super scared little dudes that just want to hug. And they did just want to hug, specifically neck hugs, but still... Now, we had heard that before they were the Thralls of Hellion, they were just called the Thralls. Now, were they, like, did they worship the character that we've heard a little bit about at this point but haven't met yet, Blood Ghost? Or did they, what were they Thralls of before they were Thralls of Hellion? Because obviously if they had that name, they had to be working for something, right? Um, Well, the thing is, in the book... They don't really tell you anything about um, what the Thralls of Hellion were before they basically like prostrated themselves before Hellion. Like, you know that they were a gang of chokers and they controlled this chunk of 
scrap wall around the receiver array um, and that they became cultishly um, devoted to Hellion. But you don't get anything before that and you only ever see them in the book after Hellion has basically taken out a temper tantrum on them and had Kolgara and maybe others, but primarily Kolgara, just execute like almost everybody. So I kind of imagine that like they were more of a mysterious, like nobody interacts with them and they kind of swarm you and just like basically prey on you if you come into their territory because they do eat humanoids even though, you know, they're tiny subterranean things. They are predators and they're pack hunters. So, you know, they hide and they have very good stealth. They hide amongst the garbage and they spring out and they j drop down on you and overwhelm you with numbers and eat you. So you, nobody really would have known what they were about other than they were a scary, malevolent force and don't go there. They sound like the terrible things from uh, The Descent the way that you describe them yeah. that way. I don't know if anyone else has inflicted mm -hmm. that movie on themselves, but ooh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of the few ones that gets me. Being the idea of being trapped underground is just horrifying. Like You know, I honestly was more freaked out and scared by the parts of that movie where it was just them getting stuck than any of the parts with actual monsters in. Agreed. Yeah. No, it it really evokes that like Ted the Caver creepy pasta era. Yep. Where that's, just that's like... what I was gonna mention. Like of like all the creepy pasta I've mentioned, just reading the Ted the Caver stuff where it's just describing caving, basically. I'm just like, nope. <laughs> I didn't know I was claustrophobic, <laughs> but now I am. And then, like, uh, and people in the Discord would probably know I listened to the Magnus archives in their entirety in, like, two weeks recently. And, I mean, all the stuff with the caving and, like, the underground and, like, yeah, that's the stuff that gets me. And, uh, you know, I've never had any claustrophobia in my real life, but now I know I'm not going to go caving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, we did what we do with every defeated enemy. Uh, we keep one alive, um, and then we make it an accomplice, and then maybe later a hostage, or possibly even a light fixture. But yeah, yeah with this one, I believe Brixby made a, some sort of check or series of checks that were like very Brixby, like engineering disabling. But Heath did the the boom. Yes. Yeah, Brix Brixby figured out where to put the charges. That would destroy the receiver array, which, you know, was already disabled thanks to book one. But, yeah. Yeah, we didn't want it turning back on. We made Heath pull the trigger. Yeah, and it was all him. We didn't do anything. <laughs> mm -hmm. You said it was disabled thanks to book one. I just thought it wasn't receiving a signal, but if a signal was turned back on, it would still have worked. Yeah, I mean, it was disabled in that there was nothing coming in. Okay. Oh. Okay, it's like, whoa. Yeah. I didn't realize He didn't it. break it. He just... No, he stopped what they were doing. <laughs> yeah, and if that was their only boombox, that's where we've just been calling it that for so long. Yeah, yeah. Power receiver, what is it? Power transmitter? Relay. Uh, power, the, relay. Power, yeah. power relay. Power relay. Oh, yeah. I mean, if that was their only one, then yeah, we, I guess we did effectively disable it. But we didn't know. You know, there could have ostensibly been another one in Hajath Hakados operated by Emmy's boyfriend. Sage's boyfriend. Emmy's boyfriend? Sage's boyfriend. Sage's boyfriend. <laughs> Sage's boyfriend. Emmy's boyfriend would never. <laughs> That's true. Him, He's a sweetheart. 
Mm-hmm. No, he's, he's, he's a bad guy, but he's not that kind of bad guy. He's a bad boy. <laughs> oh, I. Um, yep, it's official. Yes, I, I think of it as maybe they just lost centuries ago they've lost a channel changer and so it was just pointing at this one receiver <laughs> uh power relay and we turned it off it's like oh yeah, i think it's just sort of the confluence of like you have this part and it can talk to this part so then if you have the um well if you find something that can send yeah. power to the power relay you can you know they've found three very rare things and that was another big thing of it even if like they had gotten the relay back, there wasn't anything else we knew of that generated the kind of power he needed other than the torch. Like there's nothing else around that we know about. Who could say? Yeah. That we know of. Mm-hmm. Certainly not at this point in the story. But we also did what big bad <laughs> daddies do and we blew the bejesus out of it. Um, or Heath did. Uh, if any of you are going to quote this later to law enforcement officials, it was the choker. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty That's much no that up, right? We we then yeah. moved on to, we went back and saw old Red Tooth. What was the name of that up? Yampy in the Scots. Oh, <laughs> of course. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> it's an excellent re- like redemption story going from choking, that nominative determinism of like, you know, I am born to choke. I choke, therefore I am. But like, he he moved on to, 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 to the, the journey of the spirit from choker to terrorist to light fixture. And I mean, can we say that at the very least, we all know that he found a little enlightenment? <laughs> eh. All right, that's fair. <laughs> I'll just be turning off. My He's losing now. a sky medal for that, right? <laughs> no, not at all. If next time I run Zach through something, he'll get an extra hero point. <laughs> no, someday listeners will will reveal uh, perhaps a lightly edited version <laughs> of what's in our episode title ideas channel because that's always a real good idea <laughs> uh, yeah, to, to, and a good time to scroll back through. And because looking at what was the, I know what the episode title ended up. But what what didn't make the cut? And one of them was a quote that I'm positive was from Zach. That was a very cool touchy watchy. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> oh man! I hate that I'm not in a position to disagree with you about that assessment. <laughs> oh, and the emojis attached to it are awful. <laughs> Everything is oh. bad. Oh. I'm just sad knowing that I probably said something that triggered that. <laughs> Generally speaking, <laughs> that'll happen. Um, like the um, weird tickle feeling, but that's spoilers. That didn't happen yet. That's months away. I'm reading over these now, and yeah, we need to kind of vet this to make sure it's appropriate and then share some of them. Yeah, that's the, that was a lightly edited <laughs> thought. There's... <laughs> Ooh, and uh, uh, one of my favorite moments from this episode was returning to Red Tooth's accent. I'm sorry, Sam, because you remember so oh. many, but this was one of those moments <laughs> where uh, I think it actually made it into the role play. Uh, it like warranted mention. Um, I don't know how you could keep track of all of these voices. Like, uh, pro tip, GM Skull and Shackles, like I did, 
literally everyone oh talks like this. Ah, like, what <laughs> if you just do that nonstop? Um, and yeah, that's that's. And if they don't, they talk like that now. But yeah, no, Sam, you do an exceptional job <laughs> with the array of voices and inflections and accents. But yeah, except Red Tooth specifically, <laughs> who I absolutely botched and regret every minute. Um. <laughs> oh man. It's just like the warm feeling thinking back to all the Yasokis that we fought <laughs> under under the torch and you know, like patchy blue and having this colloquialism kind of back and forth. It was a real treat to hear and be a part of. <laughs> yeah, for for those of you at home, um Zach sent me a um basically a key uh, of the slang that he's been using it's got like uh, 15 things on it and i have copied and pasted that thing through my OneNote into basically every episode um summary where i think we're going to have yasoki <laughs> and i just spend the whole thing with that on one screen next to me so i can uh, look at it and totally fail to do that birmingham accent and just hate myself <laughs> Let's have an early barley mucker. <laughs> uh, no, I mean I I adore Red Tooth and uh, oh god, what is the fizz? Whiskey fizz. Yeah. Also yeah. excellent. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm just feeling a bit caggy-handed <laughs> when it comes to. Um, there it is. <laughs> Aces. Aces mucker. Aces. Uh, oh, Boston. 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 Yeah, that one that one was kind of hard to determine. I still think of of all of the like British vernacular that I struggled with the most was having friends from the UK who would always start conversations with you all right. It's like a really common like how you doing. But like when someone all message right. you when someone asks you right and you're like no, is it like showing? Do I look like am I crying right now? Like, and it really just sets off this like intense, anxious start until you're like, oh, this is just you don't care how I'm. it's kind of like how you doing. But when someone says you all right, it just I don't know if that also makes your stomach like. Mm, but like, yeah, that one, that and let's see, what else can we make fun of the British for? Mushy peas, that that too. I just watched um, an old British, well, old, like a 10-year-old British sitcom called The Cafe. And it, it's very, very, like, everything's super understated. But, like, half of any given episode will just be people saying, All right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> it's uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridges from, like, before anyone in America at least knew who she was. But it's a very funny show. I can't think of the phrase British sitcom without thinking, and I don't know if you'd even really call it a sitcom, but have any of you seen Bottoms? It's a no. British comedy show about these uh, two unemployed guys living in this, like, really nasty apartment in, like, a na really bad area of London, and, like, every episode is about them doing, like, some get-rich-quick scheme, but it's, like, live-action Tom and Jerry. Like, they hit each other with frying pans, and they curse, and all this other stuff. And one of them is named Eddie Hitler. And it's just the most ridiculous, surreal, like, super lowbrow humor. And it's... Interesting. It's, I wonder if that's Young Ones era. 
Like it, it, it sounds very Young Ones-esque. Definitely. I don't know if you ever watched that one, Jero or Jeff. That was like a pretty classic like counterculture show that had like the archetypical punk, the depressed hippie, the forever student, and the like political poetry. Uh, it was um, kind of 1991 to 1995. Oh, and it's bottom without the S at the end. I don't know why I thought there was an S. Yeah, Young Ones was 80s, I think. It, it would have like they'd have musical guests like madness and stuff on it it was, it was a pretty fire show i guess the brits did a couple things right <clears throat> yeah it was eddie hitler and richie richard whose real name was actually richard richard so we gave the rats some did we did we give them back the bomb the, the semtex did we take some <laughs> semtex did we did we i can't remember did we i think she made us give back what we had left because she said she had another use for yeah. it hmm Yes. Which implied was blowing up the, uh, yeah, the stadium. Yeah. And, um, yeah, after that, I think the same episode was the, um, night market. Yes. Which. We, we meet, uh, <laughs> an NPC who has forever changed <laughs> the direction of the network. Yeah. Would that be Drew I mean, Julie? also fantastic. No, the other one, Sam. <laughs> No, Jimmy Fame does no, not yeah. appear in episode fifty-six. He's the leadoff mm-hmm. of episode. Oh, I was saying right. the in the night market whole yeah. thing, okay. but yeah, you're right. Julie, Julie, pretend I said the right numbers. He was the leadoff of episode yeah. fifty-eight. We're mm-hmm. talking about fifty-seven. Yeah, fifty-seven right was the start of the night market, <laughs> and then fifty-eight was uh, meeting Jimmy Fame. Yeah, Julie, Julie is definitely a game changer too. Yeah, did she just like read a feeble mind scroll or did she like do something? I'm just imagining. She- well, I'm assuming she's been drinking. Uh, what the heck is the thing that Sandville is hooked on? Yeah. Uh, Numerian fluids or soothe. Uh, yeah. The art I used for Drooly Julie is um, the NPC Numerian fluids addict. Um, if anyone wants to look <laughs> that one up, if you have the. Um, Numeria Land of Fallen Stars PDF. That that's who that is, and um, she is drooling in that art. They have it on Google. So and she go. is very much drooling in that art. They weren't lying to you. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> He's holding a like a test tube that she was apparently drinking out of. Like a weird bar from the '90s. That was. By far one of the lamest <laughs> and <laughs> most ridiculous things that they did at that period of time. Test tube shots. Still not as dumb as oxygen bars. Were we excited about anything that we bought? Uh, Brixby got a Pearl of Power because Jero slash Vargas was so kind as to use their percentile role to bequeath it upon them because Brixby failed to find one. Um, I think that is what he was the most excited about. What else did we get that we were stoked on? I don't remember what we got and then that night market i feel like we got other it wasn't the grenades because we stole all those no. from red tooth i think uh, there were a bunch of spells um the bag of holding you already yeah. had yeah i feel like it was mostly like brixby related stuff <laughs> like i feel like we got a lot of spells for him to learn i was say asher bought some alchemical paper to make his first alchemical never paper regretted cartridges. that decision right uh. <laughs> <laughs> nope mm-hmm who needs an expanded fumble range? <laughs> Boy, I do. What's funny is I also had uh, Asher pick up some firearm oil, which will reduce that by one, and I've literally <sighs> never used the oil. Oh, whoa. So. I've never heard of that. 
Um, wh- yeah. What is a cost per dose? <laughs> uh, some. <laughs> Money amount. Sure. No, I, I happen to still have it here in my history. Uh, it's it's uh, 260 gold pieces, and it's good for 20 applications. Now, it's an application just per shot, or is it like a day-long thing or an hour? It is an hour. Ooh. Or until... Well, that's the, th- the sad thing. is it's, It reduces it by one for an hour or until the firearm is fired. Oh, <laughs> oh so it's only good for one shot. Yeah. That sucks. That seems like one of those things that it should be like an hour or like five shots or something. Like, Yeah, it seems like it should be like yeah. an oil, like a weapon yeah. blanch or something. And I probably thought it was better than it was, so that's fine. <clears throat> well, the thing is, like, you're always going to have a regular round chambered. And the alchemicals are just for reloads in battle, so it kind of, you know, the main thing it's used for, it doesn't work for. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Maybe maybe I'll mix it up and start keeping a paper loaded. Or until Jeff solves a problem that we have that can only be solved by oil, like finding a tin woodsman, or trying to figure out what to start a war with another country over, or, I mean, all <laughs> of the uses for oil, really. Um, so, after... Salad dressing? <laughs> Salad dressing. Really, the, the top three oh, uses of oil. Maybe he'll run into a Numerian fluid drunkie that trade it for a uh, pistol of infinite sky. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair trade. But, so, we bought some things, and, and, and obviously, Jeff truly mentioned the high point of the night market, which was... The presentation of the only NPC that has had entrance and exit music. (laughs) 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 Recently, we listened to this episode, and I was just like, oh, wow. Yeah, this is the, so far, and I'm fine spoiling saying this, the only NPC that has had their own custom. Yeah. (laughs) Like like a That was a really fun edit. Uh, I'm really pleased with with how that turned out, because I had that thought of a keenie. It's got to have his own kind of theme <laughs> that I didn't create, but I did set aside for. To go, yeah, Jimmy Fame needs some music. It kind of reminded me of the Shinra in FF7. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, I don't want to, you know, shatter any illusions here, but Jimmy Fame is not in the book. He was actually invented by my son, who um, was inventing a TV reporter who just kept saying his name, Jimmy Fame. And he was doing the weird voice. And then I told him I was going to steal it. And he was very excited about it. <laughs> I told him it was a goblin and he was even more excited about it. So, I mean, how could it not be a goblin with that name? Yeah, Jimmy Fame, Jimmy Fame. <laughs> the, one of the peakiest but just standout NPCs for sure of the, of the whole campaign. Yeah, all editing of Jimmy Fame bits, it, it's impossible to make it sound good because it's just a solid block on the sound wave. <laughs> and there's no way to do it without that. <laughs> Not Jimmy Payne. <laughs> Jimmy Fame. <laughs> That's his brother who beats you up. <laughs> and speaking of beating people up... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jimmy yeah, had, had a business proposition. Yeah, quite the preposition for the gang, indeed. Yeah, uh, fight in the um, Scrapmasters Arena with you know, basically he let y'all set the terms, and you chose poorly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! 
<laughs> now, it, I, Izzy's not here to defend herself, but she <laughs> did. He's in the chat, Sam. She did agree <laughs> to a one-on-one -on -one <laughs> fight with a troll. And, um... <laughs> well, she and, and I was totally prepared to do this. To do this duel, like, all right, this should be interesting. Uh, and then she was, she jumped at this idea, mm -hmm. if I recall correctly. Mm -hmm. She was like, "Oh yeah, let's fight." And man, th she didn't have to remember so many things, yeah. and it's really a lot. You think it's just all Hulk smash, but she's got, she's got to remember fast healing. I remember blur no they're they're complicated classes and also we decided uh what seemed like a good decision at the time and later on we all regretted it both in story and out of story reasons <laughs> having it be a performance combat <laughs> mm, oh my god um, yeah that rule <laughs> that rule set which on top of the 12 different things that a blood rager already has to remember having to remember all of the different roles and buffs and bonuses and negatives for <laughs> performance combat. Yeah, I mean... And then just, like, I think Sam also cursed her dice before that, too, so that was not great, like... I mean, she did better than I thought that she would against um, Hellskarg, who is not an opponent that you would think a level 5? Maybe 5? PC could take one-on-one, -on -one, but she did very well. She didn't have anything to combat the regeneration, mm -hmm. which I think was big, but she was hitting much harder than Hellskarg yeah. was. Um, she just couldn't, you know, hit as many times, and she couldn't match the health. Like, I think if if we had, like, found a way to make her sword flaming or something beforehand, I think she could have because she had to have dealt almost enough damage that without regeneration it would have killed her. Or taking her below zero. We oh, yeah. looked into that. It was rounds per level. Yeah. Someone had come up with that because I think we had cut a bunch of it out. But I remember the Kira's juice menu inside. <laughs> we had worked out buffs, like a long line of buffs. And some of you may remember just like. Oh, yeah, because that's right. Because that's when I found out about like half of my spells that I thought were range of touch or range of personal. I like, couldn't use them. So I was like, oh, awesome. I can enlarge her. I can give her mirror images. No, I can't do either of those because and shield. I couldn't give her long arm because that's personal. Mm. Uh, man, that dual episode, I don't think I, I can't recall offhand, at least an episode where I felt more helpless and able to contribute absolutely nothing because it was a performance combat. It was a one-on-one -on -one duel. The arena is hysterically large. Uh, and I'm a lawful good character who's not like I'm gonna sabotage things. So I'm just sitting there like hoping I can get to her in time if she goes down, but also trying to see do I have a straight line to use this laser cannon like rifle because it's the only thing I have that because I'm not a ranger. I have like a 25 foot range and she's like 250 feet away. Yeah. <laughs> It's hard to convey the absolute size of that arena. Uh, as far as like Pathfinder battle maps that I have played on and fought on, that is the largest one, without a doubt, without fail, like one uninterrupted kind of battle space. And then, yeah, no, it was funny. It's one of those moments where there's rounds of combat and like there's Kira doing something important. Well, I will say that map is yeah. described in the book as a 300 foot wide arena and they don't give you a map. 
but the awesome map pack that I've been using that um, several people turned me on to before we started recording, um, which I'm going to find who made them in a second, had a map for it. True Shoba had them for books one and two, um, created a gigantic arena map for that. But I will say also, you spoke falsely. The largest map... Oh, yeah, never mind. ...is the environment dome from... Mm -hmm. um, yep. The with, Kasatha yeah, skeleton. The giant Kasatha desert with yep. nothing in it. Yeah, which um, even on True Shoba's ridiculous gigantic maps is four maps. And truly, I mean, <laughs> had nothing on it, especially not a designated path that would have provided an optimal trail through no hmm. that's like the only thing it does <laughs> nope no it has cliffs to climb sam <laughs> yeah climb yeah just like when we're playing diablo 2 in 1997 you have to explore all the empty desert to make sure there's not like a secret hidden path there that's going to get locked yeah it's a story 100 <laughs> percent. get achievements for that stuff man just xp just grind Oh, the other thing I was saying before Discord decided to just be like, you sure you don't want to just go off the phone mic there? Was that was one of those moments where rounds of combat were so comical because it was like Kira in a real combat. Rixby failing to do anything useful, even though Sam was being very kind and giving me a lot of options to <laughs> cheat and kill a Dippin' Dots vendor. And then it would cut to Asher. And I just imagined him just like, walking through like the crowd at like a public fair or something being like excuse me excuse me excuse me excuse me because you were trying so hard to get to a place where you could even see them and like oh my god yeah it was mm -hmm. i i felt helpless too and like i had the illusion of doing something but kira was a wrecker uh she did exceptional and i mean it was also how often do you lose and not get a party wipe right how often do you run away from combat and things like this. Some parties do it more than others. We've only really had one tactical retreat, which was the, the Galarn. <laughs> that was... Uh, Marrow. Oh, yeah, Marrow. I forgot two tactical retreats. Although, yeah, no, yeah, you're right. So that was... That was just, it's it's interesting because normally we are kind of like an aggro this thing till it's dead party. And, and like, like many of us who play this game, but that was just a weird moment where like, <laughs> Kira losing didn't deny us anything and it didn't potentially put anyone in serious danger. It just added depth to the story, which was so cool. Mm -hmm. And Kira played it, or I mean, Izzy played it out yeah. so well because that is like one kind of a nightmare as a player. Like the, like <laughs> Wesley Nielsen, we're all counting on you. Like, like that is just absolutely the most like you got this. And, uh, and like Sam said, against the enemy that we're kind of ill suited to fight. And I think we had like sun metal, I think was the spell that we were talking about or something mm -hmm. along those lines. Right. And that was like, we were only mm -hmm. held to buffs that were primarily 10 minutes per level. Cause our minute per level buffs were questionable at best. I think like the most of the stuff that we did were 10 yeah. to an hour. Yeah, because I think the idea was, like, because it's an arena fight, like, there's introductions and everybody marches out. By the time that's all done, if you had a buff that only lasted rounds or minutes, it would be gone before you were done being introduced. Yeah, when the Charlie the Lizard folks band and dancers <laughs> finish their third encore before they even start the fight, you've run out of, like, shield and all of that. All that minute per level. Man. 
Yeah, so yeah. she was CR7 and Kira was level 5. So wow. That's a very hard fight. Yeah. Um yeah. anyway, you slice it because that means she's yeah. designed for a party that's level 7. Party of level 7. Yeah. yeah, that's the next thing I was about to say is for people who aren't super up to the behind the scenes like GMing of Pathfinder, the CR doesn't mean like it's not the level, it's the challenge rating. So a CR7 means a full party of level 7 characters. This is a combat that is on regular level for them. Yeah, and <laughs> like not one level 7 character four of them. And in general, <laughs> um like the very capable four at least in this iteration has gotten very good at dealing a ton of damage, especially against single foes. So um CR7 is not really a challenge for the entire party at level five. It's not as much of a challenge as it sounds like, but for one character, it's really hard. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. with all the buffing, like, yeah, she had a shot. It was an outside shot. Oh, totally. It would have been so many big bad daddy points. Oh, yeah. Um, it like literally, if like, won. if you yeah. beat her in the arena, you get maxed out on big bad daddy points automatically. <laughs> Like right. that's in the book. <laughs> so what would uh what would you have had Kolgar? What would she have done if we beat Hellscarg in the arena then? Like talk to us? Would she have agreed to like have her um have the talk with us and been totally above board yeah. with everything, or would she have been like sneaky bad guy stuff, send everybody else in and try to kill us? Oh, she'd have the talk with you. Um she Kolgara wasn't super interested in killing you all until like it became clear that you wanted to kill her basically um she wanted to see if you would be useful to her because you'd been tearing apart her army and her main fixation was like when hellion actually ascends to like actual almighty god power she needs to have this seat of power and you guys are eroding at it so she needs you to either stop even if that's by giving you what you want, depending on what you want, or um, by killing you or coming to some sort of agreement. Like, she didn't have any sort of personal vendetta, and she did not like Meanda and didn't particularly care that Meanda was gone. The last thing I'll say on the whole Kira thing, too, Sam brought up a good point. Uh, at that point, we were great at dealing types of damage, and it's like Brixby and Asher in particular touch AC on everything, which versus a troll, I imagine is atrocious. And then like Brixby yeah. um, relying heavily on Scorching Rays, like any good arcane trickster would. And then like Asher, just tons of absolute damage, smiteable damage. Like, so, you know, we had certain strengths that if we were, if we were to say, um, trying to combat the troll that we could have done, if we did face them as a whole party, say in a future episode, but yeah, no, Kay did a great job. And uh, they even, if I remember correctly, offered to arm wrestle Vargas for the honor. To which Vargas was like, I'm an inch shorter and old. So no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Vargas, like, in his mind, kind of saw this as we had found out that Kira's other mother had been a gladiator. And it's like, we're coming to this arena like she's trying to become an adventurer and he's thinking of it more as like telling kids like becoming warriors and he's like this is a perfect opportunity for her to prove herself like i'm not gonna 
take this from her. One, because she's already stronger than I am and she's going to fight anyway. And two, this is a perfect opportunity for like her to prove herself type thing. Yeah, I, I think they would have wrecked any of us individually because all of that aforementioned strength that any of us have, like none of us could take hits. Like Asher or Brix would have crumpled under like half of what Kira dealt with and kept going. So I don't know. Good job, Izzy. And then I I think you know, we're on episode 60 now and just at the end of episode 60 after the fight was lost, I mean, you all hit the lose condition, which is basically... I don't think you knew at the time, and I can't remember exactly how it was phrased, but it wound up being, being you meet Hellion in all his living in a TV glory, and he demands you bow before him. So how was that for everybody? Oh, that was fun. <laughs> I, yeah. You call us mean. It was interesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you were super mean to Hellion. Poor Hellion. You're, you're talking about a paladin of another deity going to submit to you know a lawful good person submitting to someone who's made no qualms about like yeah if y'all get in my way i'll just you know blow your whole town apart was he supposed to say surely we can just hash this out do you prefer hot tea or hot coffee (laughs) probably yeah and i love that when we refused to bow and he did the like channel negative or whatever it was and sam either rolled all ones or really close to it because it was like four points of damage or something <laughs> like it was the, Unholy blade. Yeah. that's what it was yeah. it was like the weakest display of power it was so funny like oh you're not gonna bow okay and then like a fart noise and we all take a pointed yeah that like, was yeah. sad well, it was also helpful that a portion of a small contingency of the party was chaotic neutral yeah, yeah. it's a half neutral party so they already <laughs> took half damage and then yeah. I, I don't think anyone took full damage because Asher always saved because he has plus 30 to everything. And yes. then Kira <laughs> saved. And then um, Vargas and Brixby are both neutral, so automatically half damage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. If Asher didn't have good saves, I don't know that I would have had have fun very often. Because <laughs> it's like, if I'm going to misfire all the time and fail every save, like what do I bring to the table? <laughs> To be fair, you'd be less of a paladin and slinger, so you'd have all those like, this is my misfire hands. I don't know. Right? Am I wrong? I, I don't know. I don't know a lot of them. No, you're not wrong. Yeah, you'd have all the abilities that let you cancel out yeah. so many of those a day and everything. But you wouldn't be our Asher. And that's what's important. Oh. I do I do enjoy the moments when, because he's normally just a, f- a fairly easygoing, good-natured guy, but when there's something that he, that just isn't right, the when he gets to stand up for something, uh, I always seem mm-hmm. enjoy getting to kind of lean into that side of his character. Yeah, like going way back, and I don't want to get too off on a tangent because I think we're getting close to a uh, taking a little bit of a break and then switching to Q and A. But just to tack on to that during way way back during the fight with the orcs and the yasoki under the mountain when vargas killed the orc that surrendered and asher basically pulled him aside and was like (laughs) don't do that again (laughs) that was probably the first time in the pod that we saw asher like not genial like he was very upset like that went so against his personal code that he and it was very well done (laughs) 
Thanks. Uh, as a player, I was like, oh, I don't want to have confrontation with another player. But <laughs> 30 <laughs> sessions later. But no, it's... Yeah, no, I'm glad you did. Like, that's the thing. Like, sometimes that happens because, like, that is absolutely what that character would do. Like, you would not stand aside and just be like, okay, yeah, that happened. And I feel like that moment was kind of part of the formation of the group where it's like these two characters think of the world in very different ways and they go about things in very different ways in the fact that like the two of you were able to RP that conflict and have like the you know these two characters have totally different views and they have a conflict but it was all within the game and you know I'm, I'm I was nervous about it too as a GM like uh, is this like are we have about to have a problem here but I mean you two were awesome about it and it just became like you know it was just part of the game and we you know, moved on and kept playing but you know and asher did kick off in that moment our commitment to the carceral <laughs> action of taking one hostage every time instead of well <laughs> so he was like no my god demands we leave yeah. one alive that's exactly what you know i'll have to go listen back to that. asher worships uh asher works as the bad guy from mulan yeah i uh <laughs> I, I just will always remember how how touched he was at Brixby's community service aesthetic of hey like if you don't work with us then we're gonna paint the walls with you and it's like man mm-hmm. this guy gets it really care oh about my god is he uh, is he just wrote in the chat I fully thought Zach was going to bring up Asher kicking a baby <laughs> now that is one that we have recorded evidence you can listen to and. <laughs> All of the slander and libel about Asher <laughs> hating babies will speak for itself. I just know that somehow Asher became the iconic anti-paladin. And the pig became a baby. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that That's all Zach's fault. Not playing your character, man. I'm no. just watching the babies fly over the <laughs> <laughs> The space babies flying back into space. <laughs> It was just a complete misunderstanding. He was trying to send it home. Uh, Well, I think that's a good point for us to take a little break before we come back for some Q&A in this absurd, giant-sized machine learning. Hi, kids. It's your old pal, Charlie the Lizard Folk of Charlie the Lizard Folk's Chicken Emporium. More cluck for your buck. I'm just here to let you know that we'll have a couple more episodes of Jimmy Fame Presents Bonus Against the Machine, More Pod for Your Bod, sponsored by Charlie the Lizard Folks Chicken Emporium, More Cluck for Your Buck, in just a couple weeks here, uh, some Sundays in September. That'll bring you the thrilling conclusion of Sundered Waves, the Pathfinder 2nd Edition one-shot that is taking four shots for our intrepid heroes to complete. Also, after that, stay tuned for our Call of Cthulhu one-shot coming up in just a couple months. I hope you're excited. I'm excited. I'm so excited, I'm gonna go hang out with my chickens. Like I always do anyways, but like more enthusiastically. And, um, of course, that is sponsored by Charlie the Lizard Folks Chicken Emporium, where you can find live chickens, dead chickens, undead chickens, robot chickens, chickens in various different forms of suspended animation and other liminal not quite living and not quite dead states. You know, just your normal stuff. And also on toil days, it's always two for one at Charlie the Lizard Folks Chicken Emporium. Except in the world wound because, you know, demons and 
scarcity and whatnot. Um, I'll let you get back to your machine learning now. Remember, more cluck for your buck. One, two, three, clap. Try to really add some zest. <laughs> I was actually, just as you said that, thinking like, should I come up with a cooler way to clap? <laughs> you just got to pretend your hands are cymbals and are doing a big crash. <laughs> yeah, you're not true. fully clapped until you're zestfully clapped. <laughs> and that's all we have for today, folks. <laughs> we came back to make those jokes. I mean, after that, everything's downhill. That's true. So, um... If you any of you have questions about us, hopefully things that are not spoilery beyond episode sixty, weirdly, but um, I guess just any question goes really, because it's late. Because it's the um, colonning. Let it go. No, <laughs> there are no rules in the colonning. No, just gotta cleanse your mind of all those questions. I, that was unintentional for me, but oh uh, boy. Thank you, um, Jeff. We have a series of questions in the machine learning, <laughs> and we also have some old ones in the hopper. We'll give them time. Let's. Uh, if you didn't know or or have yet to to pop in there on our Discord, which you should totally all join, we do have a channel specifically dedicated to the asking of questions. You submit a question in that channel, and as long as it's not one, one that we basically already answered in some form or fashion, between. The next machine learning and calendar year 2036 we will do our <laughs> best to answer that question and the people at legal said we have to answer truthfully it's in the forms that sam made us sign when we joined the podcast yeah they like how deaf shrunk 80 percent <laughs> as he said yeah so i think that'll take us to our first question from today which is from crazy piano man on the discord if you could adjust your theoretical, personal, in real life character sheet to min max one primary and one dump stat, to say 20 strength and 6 wisdom, etc., would you take the deal? And if so, which score would you raise and which score would you lower? Jeff took the good answer. <laughs> I like, I, you know, sometimes we plan our answers questions and I'm like, oh yeah, that's going to be funny I'm going to make later. You guys are getting 20s? No, 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 no. But here I am with my 6 int not able to come up with anything <laughs> else besides what Jeff said. <laughs> so Yeah, I was just uh, self-deprecatingly and insecurely thinking like, well, what if you're already oops all dump stats? Like, <laughs> that, this deal would be great. I could actually bring something up. I'd take it in a heartbeat. Like, I feel like my con is already well below what you're legally allowed to put it at at the start of a character. Like, <laughs> same. <laughs> I might, and that, that was what I was tempted to. At first, I thought, oh, maybe it'd be cool to take a, to max out my int. It's like, you know what? I may choose con because of, I've been congested for like 20 years and all these other things. <laughs> Chronic hernia pain. Let's keep going. It's a fun joke, everyone. Uh, but like, yeah, 20 con and just take my, my charisma that's already a seven down to a six. Okay. <laughs> yeah, my brain went directly to the exact same place. I'm like, hey, a pandemic's still going on and a new pandemic coming. And um, 
I was already terrified of public, so if I have a 20 con and a plus 5 to my fort saves, that's it. That's the whole thing. <laughs> and then, you know, charisma's already negative 30, as we can tell from that, what I just did with the talking. I would also take con and bring that up to something where I'm not told, yeah, you're probably going to be dead when you're 60. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> and maybe drop... I mean, I feel like my charisma is probably already not great, <laughs> but <laughs> just like I basically, I'm just copying Jeff's homework at this point. Like, yeah, no, not con up and drop charisma down like one more point and let it be a sit. And that's why we're so listenable, really, is because of our our charisma. The charisma that we all put on Zach and Izzy to bring, because <laughs> not getting it from me, apparently from Sam Drew. Let's see, what do we have for our next question? Oh, God. Tim asks, When you reach number one in gaming podcasts, will your reign be benevolent or full of terror? Uh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> the folks at Legal have, have asked us not to... No, I don't want to cop out. We told them we'd answer these things truthfully. It's in our contract. It's true. And unfortunately, since GooTube Holdings Limited actually owns the rights to Full of Terror, we can't use that necessarily. But I would say our podcast would be like that. Definitely a lot of iron fists involved. Uh... No, see, maybe, maybe I'm not being optimistic enough, which is weirdly out of character. Uh, but in order to have a reign, you have to like maintain... That's just good marketing. Uh, and c- could we reach number one? Absolutely. How long would that last and long enough for us to have a reign of any kind? I feel <laughs> like uh, if, if if I were to categorize our reign, it would be like on brandly awkward uh, or viscous. Mm-hmm. I mean, true. it can be that and also incredibly brutal. Well, I do want to... <laughs> Brutally <laughs> viscous. And there's also the fact... The fact that, you know, we, we got up in the top 30s in Australia, not to toot any horns here, but the same week the McElroy brothers just happened to drop a live show where they go all in on Gogurt. Hmm. It's not the only podcast that's mentioned viscous mm-hmm. stuff recently. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. A weird coincidence there, Justin. <laughs> Looking at you. Griffin. Travis. But a shrimp on the Barbie to all of our Australian listeners <laughs> tuning in. <laughs> I mean, we were, not that I just searched it on our internal Discord, we hit number 15 in New Zealand and leisure in February of 2021. <laughs> and I thought we couldn't possibly wow. talk that. Well, I mean, leisure is not just a category that is a super category Mm -hmm. that's the category above games or leisure oh man that means like all the cooking podcasts all the like women's murder club ones all of that stuff like we were 15 yeah i mean when you're that high it's basically just roblox Mm -hmm. above you sheep husbandry podcasts if we're talking about the kiwis (laughs) but you know to which Zach said, "Let's tour New Zealand immediately." And I don't—I don't think we've missed that boat. I think they haven't forgotten who Potty Instant Machine mm-hmm. is. 
Yeah, I, I'm <laughs> sure it's uh, Jakinda Cern that actually listens to our podcast, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I, I think I pronounced her name right. Uh, who could? I mean, I, I'd love for her to chime in and disagree. Mm-hmm. Or validate. on Twitch, please do it. <laughs> you're, you're currently <laughs> Prime Minister of New Zealand. Um, you know, they she was she was very serious about the pandemic, and I think that's really the only reason we didn't mm-hmm. tour at the time. But well, that'll surely be a Patreon goal. Yeah. Well, that and all the rich people went there. Like that is where all of the wealthy went, and then immediately went to ground. There was like a ton of like terrible doomsday like resorts that people just went and moved to. It was such a like mm-hmm. awful dystopian view of how we navigate crisis. <laughs> it's like let's just go to this island community with sheep and safety. And of course, we weren't yet making the gigantic content creator money right. that we're all making now um, yeah no yeah we have what is the highest honor they can bestow in new I, zealand i will google i mean this. i was talking to a brit and jermaine just the other day and they were asking us to open for flight of the concords and i was like you mm. want I, I think you're gonna open for us right and like oh it got me <laughs> yeah so i think that uh we have gotten uh, we've been appointed to the Order of New Zealand. That is the highest of the royal honors system. Sounds about right. It's canonical, I said it. A surprisingly normal name. I was expecting it to be like the Order of St. <laughs> Billabong of... Like, Latter-day like Wallabies. The, like British and former British colony things. Like Their orders are always like some really long name, some guy. Yeah, but... Well, they had very... Some of the British things are like, like I think the lowest thing that the um, Queen can grant you is just like member of the British Empire. God, like to be formally recognized, you can just be a member. They have surely bestowed that on many people, many. Unfortunately, yeah, Yeah. often against their will. And then, like the lowest. Yeah, the lowest order that Carson McCullers can bestow upon you is member of the wedding. But I'm sorry, that was an English major. I couldn't. I said member, and then I was stuck as an English major. I had to make a Carson McCullers joke. Well, the English majors are going wild Never. right now in the chat. I can see it. <laughs> I'm actually not in Twitch, but I am in Discord, and I'm reading the next question. <laughs> Go for it. Put me out of my misery. Oh, man. Uh, I'm so sorry if I mispronounced this because I'm dumb, but Mashinanigun. (laughs) Mashinanigun? Anyway, (laughs) what ridiculous weapon would you have your totally human character use if stats for it existed? A toaster, a lightning rod, or prejudice as psychic damage. Wait, I guess it's not multiple choice. I think it's an open question. <laughs> yeah, no, you <laughs> have to choose one, one of those three. three. <laughs> uh, to wield prejudice with great prejudice would sound very funny, but uh, that is not, that's not my weapon of choice. Um, great music video though, with Christopher Walken. Well. <laughs> excellent, excellent reference. That, Everybody else who is our age gets. Yeah. Well, I think as much as a toaster would grant you, like, a bravery bonus, of course. That was great. You <laughs> messed somebody up with a toaster. Have you guys not seen uh, Langoliers? Oh, yeah. yeah what a, a 
little nerdy kid wraps the toaster in the blanket <laughs> and the guy that's like the professional assassin is like you did that with a toaster um what would i weaponize uh i'm, I'm trying to understand the question and this just shows the uh the fact that we don't want to, the listeners slash viewers to miss out on any of the f- things it's not that i didn't prepare at all it's just that we want, really want it to be like y'all are right here with us. Is is this for our in-game mm-hmm. character? Well, I think the way I'm interpreting it is like you as a character, okay. what would your sort of signature weapon be? Okay. Like were you a like gamified that. version of yourself and sort of assuming that like an item Man. that you used became a weapon? Yeah. If you were crossing at Shiba Station, got hit by a truck, and suddenly were in Pathfinder, what would your character use as your weapon? Yeah, if you yeah. got like a Sekid. Oh my god, you I got that say, reference. Yeah. The most <laughs> fun item of absolute <laughs> destruction that I've ever used uh, in all of my home improvement has been a reciprocating saw or a sawzall. I feel like that would be an incredibly satisfying weapon in some sort of, you know, Evil Dead esque. <laughs> way very chaotic um, yeah I mean not not to brag but I do I own a gas powered jackhammer which um, is probably the maybe way maybe the only go. thing I'm cool with people bragging about I didn't realize but that is the top yeah. of the list if not the whole list yeah I bought it years ago and it was awesome and I haven't used wow. it in like two years but I demoed a foundation with it and it was it was a lot of fun the hardest part about it was finding non-leather steel-toed boots so I didn't, you know, remove my feet. Do you just, like, <laughs> look for reasons to use mm-hmm. it now? Oh, yeah, I can yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've got... My property is super rocky, so it's just like, oh, oh we gotta dig a hole? <laughs> you don't say! Sounds like a job for the gas-powered jackhammer. I will be there shortly. Give me an hour and a half to carry this thing. <laughs> Sawzalls are wild, though. The fact that you can just go to Home Depot, give them a hundred bucks, and then go down the street and literally carve a, like Kira Smith might do in the future. We wouldn't spoil it, but like you could just go to, like, I want to make a hole in the side of your house and just do that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's ninety nine ninety nine. Yep. Nobody uh, needs you to get a license. They no. just put a sawzall straight in your hand and let you go. Yeah, no, it's great. It is the closest thing to freedom that you can touch with your ten fingers. <laughs> Grab a sawzall or a gas-powered oh. jackhammer. Well, may I recommend an angle grinder with a diamond disc? Mm. You're just like, hey, stone, whatever, I'll cut a hole wow. in you. I don't hear anything anymore, and sparks are flying everywhere, and the world's on fire. But Thank you for... The sheer destructive power of <laughs> anything, basically, you can yeah, get. Thank you for deeper. tuning into wicked cool power tools. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm trying to think of something now, and all I keep thinking of are power. <laughs> so, sadly, I haven't been able to think of anything more gratifying than I have the privilege of being in a Pathfinder 2e game, GM'd by three-time Eisner Award-winning Corey Marie, uh, and she. Yeah, part of this adventure, you get to buy, you're gifted your choice of like a level 15, I think it was magic item, level 15 or 16, 
And of course, I'm all, you know, I'm playing a champion, so I'm like, I'm gonna get a, like a greater or major sturdy shield, whatever it is. And Tyler, GM of MinMaxed, all he could, he couldn't take his eyes off the high-grade mithril waffle iron. <laughs> and he's like, I think I just have to have this. And so, <laughs> so out of all the things worth thousands of gold in the game, he just that became a crit- an essential part of his character, his home, and everything is like we're it's, we're like waffle gang now. Uh, now I'm just thinking if I could if I could <laughs> weaponize a waffle iron, I, maybe maybe I would. Maybe well, I would want to. If you bring like a waffle iron from the real world, it's got a cord on the end of it. Like you could swing that around. Yeah. High grade mithril <laughs> waffle iron with the like, <laughs> the pattern with was like a crappy two dollar electric cord. <laughs> Yeah, it was like a almost like a holy relic. It had something to do with like Milani's iconography on it. It's buck wild. But yeah, could you imagine? I'm gonna wield this like sacred waffle iron. That sounds about as dumb as something I, I would choose for sure. Well, I mean, it's got to be yeah. pretty heavy. You oh, can hit yeah. pretty High hard with a waffle iron. Mithril. You know what? I thought of something that isn't a power tool. I think. I would bring, like, one of the actual, like, 1970s, made out of a camera with a light bulb screwed into it, original lightsabers from the first Star Wars movie. Not as not a working lightsaber, just, like, literally the, the prop lightsaber. That would be my ridiculous uh, weapon. All right, I have a real answer, because I had to think about the thing that hurt me the most that was not a power tool. And I am coming for your fantasy ankles with my razor scooter. And oh, that is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is, <laughs> without a doubt, <laughs> like the Vorpal equivalent for feet. It is just the worst thing that can happen. I feel like I have permanent chips <laughs> on my ankle from those. Now, is your backup weapon that pink skip thing Ooh, with the counter yeah. on it? I'd love um... that. Skip it. <laughs> skip it. Skip it. Izzy already mentioned <laughs> it in the chat. The instant Zach said coming for your ankles. That's synergy right there. God, I remember I had a Razor scooter with green handles. And I think like the third time that I folded it down and unfolded, that part just broke and it never folded down anymore. <laughs> um, I once got banned from a particular Toys R Us uh, for life for riding... Razor scooters around the store and throwing packages of diapers. I like the idea that it's for life. Like they looked you up and down and they're like, (laughs) nothing can happen to you on this green earth that will mature you beyond this point. You are a monster that must be contained. Stay out. Just. (laughs) Well. Well, it's a furniture store now, so I can do whatever I want. They don't know nothing. Boy, did they regret that. No, they still have your. They still have your picture on the wall. <laughs> Probably. Oh. It was specifically that building, not Toys R Us. That building. Yes. Unwelcome diaper thrower, razor rider. <laughs> Which honestly, that's a character concept right there. You ride a razor scooter around and throw diapers. That's probably an existing obscure one E class. No, this is this is our next one shot where we all play like middle aged characters that are all just you know let's go back and get revenge on the places we were banned as kids what terrible things did you do as a teenager that is your character 
But it's like right, in Pathfinder right. world, so you cast like mad monkeys inside of some place or something. Like, I feel like that would be my go-to. No one asked, but what what my go-to prank spell would be would absolutely be. <laughs> There's no answer other than mad monkeys. It's, it's I mean, reliable glitter dust solid. too. That you know that's never coming off. It is a magical equivalent <laughs> of the the yeah. Um, Especially mm-hmm. if it's like yeah. quality. That kind of. I feel like Vomit Spiders would be a good oh, spell. Yeah, Vomit Swarm or whatever that one is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is a good oh, one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, we have a lot of questions, but there's one I would really love to answer. And that is the one from Bellandora. Is it the yeah. pet one? If your pets were Pathfinder <laughs> characters, oh, God. what classes would they be? I'm happy to go first. My boy, Cedar. Rotund eight-year-old uh, Chihuahua uh, uh, Cocker Spaniel mix Mutt, lovable rescue boy. He is undoubtedly the gentleman class, um, w- without a doubt. Not played often enough, unfortunately. Oh man, Junebug though. I'm I'm gonna go. I'd say Blood Rager. I <laughs> the nips and bites on my hands <laughs> from my 65-pound two-year-old. German Shepherd cattle dog mix. I'm I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Blood Rager with that big love dude. I'd have to go with because you did two. I'm gonna borrow one of my sister's pets for the second one. Uh, <laughs> but uh, BD my uh, dragon, she would probably be. Is there a class that just sleeps all day? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think what the heck she would be. Uh, you know what? I think she would be a. You know, just because I think it would be hilarious, I think she would be a hunter because she is very, very bad at catching live food. And I could imagine like her being like a dragon hunter that's just terrible at like tracking and all of the other stuff for that class. And for the second one, uh, my sister's cat, Remy, which I attempt to steal every time I go to her house. Uh, so I consider her uh, honorably my pet would absolutely be a bard because anytime she sees anyone she runs up to them and starts screaming and just will not stop until you pay attention to her (laughs) yeah I feel like kobolds have like a couple fun classes but what do cat like cat folk have a couple racial classes too right there's like I feel like there's like a monk or something and that's not just Sudi it is Sudi that's what I'm thinking of yeah, off the top of my head, I, I I can't remember, but there are a couple. I have, like, way, way too many animals to thoroughly answer the question, but um, just to touch on a few, Eloise, my little yellow mutt dog, who the pictures of her have been all over the Discord, I would say that she matches Asher as a uh, black powder vaulter because she can jump, like, six feet in the air and does, like... 75 times a minute um, and let's see uh, Vanessa my miniature schnauzer is much more of a sort of back row kind of contemplative type more of your wizard type of thing and let's see Eleanor is the queen cat of the house and queen of all the animals in the house and I would say that she is the prestige class assassin you know, because she will chill and just be the most adorable little thing, and she's like 
a little eight pound cat that looks vaguely like an owl and you'll be petting her and then all of a sudden she will just maul you and you're you're dead you died (laughs) every other creature in the house is afraid of her and her wrath I Um, thought you were gonna say uh, she was that one cavalier subclass where you get like a bunch of followers instead of just one you said she's like the queen of everything oh yeah (laughs) oh maybe she has like leadership (laughs) yeah (laughs) they all follow her around because i have one cat that's like 19 pounds and she's a third of his size and he's terrified (laughs) of her you you don't have much option for your you have the nimble guardian monk or the cat burglar rogue but bd has many more choices there is a swarm fighter fighter for kobolds, a snare setter rogue, a dragon herald bard, and my favorite, the bushwhacker gunslinger. This is amazing. Its first uh, is trembling grit. It's its first class feature. This is amazing. Oh, got craven deeds. This is a. If we didn't already have a gunslinger on our podcast, I would absolutely play this archetype. Well, keep that filed away for your inevitable demise. Never, never, never. All right. Jeff, will you choose the next question? I keep choosing them. Next question slash final question, do we think? That sounds reasonable. It is getting to be a bit late. I mean, I I would listen to us <laughs> babble all day. But I want to respect the time of our legions of listeners. Oh, yeah. Um, I think... How could I pass on Sean McAdee's question? Based on all the Gogurt jokes, what actual combination of flavors do you think best describes the group you're running for? P.S. These answers will be turned into his new mead. So batch. rat is probably poor. Okay, so we don't want to use we don't want to use like joke flavors. <laughs> well. Luckily, I think we're a good six months late answering this question. Um, so, yeah. probably... Spoilers, he might make more yeah. batches well, than probably, know, Yeah, but probably he's made at least one safe <laughs> safe mead batch, at least. Yeah, so like old man sweat and rat should not be answers. <laughs> Let's see. I mean, our, I, I feel like we're going to have to choose talk goo tubes all the time i feel like we're stuck in the abstract flavors that goo tube holdings corp allows us to use so <laughs> hmm. yeah damn got me thinking of like what would actually be a good thing yeah. to eat slash also no, thematically no, appropriate no. and i think if we give a non-joke answer maybe of what what GooTube flavor represents each of us individually, then that gets combined that's into the party, fair. maybe. I don't know. Well, how about if we each give, like, our joke one that we think of, and then also, like, a non-joke one? I don't ever have non-joke answers. This is very hard, Jero. <laughs> it's my defense mechanism. Like, I already said my joke one, which is, like, old man sweat would be working. <laughs> Older spice. I think Izzy already <laughs> solved the problem for us in the chat by saying, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah, Kira would be beat. Yeah, <laughs> oh, absolutely beat." Um, yeah, Vargas is not joke one though. I think would be maybe like maybe like oh, you know what? Jerky, but made from some weird animal you don't know jerky from, like buffalo. Like, what is that called? Biltong. 
which I've actually had before. They sell that at a 7-Eleven near me, but like Buffalo Jerky would be Vargas's flavor. Like old and tough and not a normal thing that you would see it. Oh, copy a jerky. That'd be a good one. Uh, I'm going to say for Garrett, because he's my sort of go-to NPC, just unadulterated caffeine. <laughs> so, like maybe a guarana in, or maybe a coffee, whichever one works. You know, just whatever just gets you really wired no and paranoid. Like percent less than the amount it takes to kill you. Victorian. <laughs> I had a roommate who bought the powdered caffeine off of Amazon, and I was like, yo, you should be careful. And yeah. they weren't, really. They're just like, let's caffeinate the oh. orange juice. Let's caffeinate the everything. Pax, you're definitely yeah. not listening to this, but God, I... I... Yeah, to caffeine is scary. Like, a spoonful of caffeine can kill, like, five people. Like, the amount that's, like, safe to have is so crazy small. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's terrible. I mean, I I push myself to every I am a French press of coffee drinker generally every day um, with with no food. So I, I feel that caffeine to the wall. Um, I'm going to say that, well, I mean, there was no sweeter taste for Brixby than what also happened to be his 15 minutes of fame when someone pulled out their cell phone while he was dragging a piece of pizza that he found down a flight of stairs towards the subways. Um, <laughs> what is it that he would probably actually <laughs> like? You know, this is funny. For a podcast that mentions GooTubes all the time, aside from Beats and Charlie's, I'm trying to think about any other provisions that we have <laughs> eaten. We were immediately like, oh, cool, tubes of food that are a bajillion years old and poorly labeled. We don't need to spend money on anything else. I think Vargas actually threw away his trail rations because they were too much weight so to clean did up the tubes. <laughs> They're too heavy. Let me now, just eat this toothpaste uh, tube. Big shout out um, on this note to friend of the pod, our, our own game raccoon for not only their marvelous uh, tokens, but also their fantastic YouTube flavors. You are an inspiration and a wonder. Uh, yeah. And thank you. Now, if we're talking about things we've eaten on the pod, look, ask no further <laughs> than the copious notes taken at a Smith family dinner. <laughs> I can tell you on the first of such dinners, the only one at this point in the pod, probably the only one ever who could say we had borscht, uh, fresh baked brown bread, stewed vegetables, some kind of meat <laughs> thing, said vegetarian Sam. Uh, Galarian mm. tentacles and roasted. Really endangered now. <laughs> so endangered. Uh, <laughs> Noted meat expert. <laughs> mm. uh, I was trying to think of, of what might represent like something like Asher would, would eat. And my first thought was just like wood smoke. Like he, I, I could see him as that guy who, who's really into, on the weekends, oh, yeah. finding just the right kind of smoke to his meat, and just be like maple or whatever. I, I am not that guy. I'm like I am still renting. I don't, I'm not gonna bring any of those highfalutin cooking equipments. Applewood and hickory. Uh, Applewood and hickory doesn't make sense. Yeah, like that. They're all good. Um, I feel you on that one, Jeff. I could see Asher. If we go out. We're we're at the. The, the old casino, you order, you know, your your double whiskey meat or whatnot, but it also is smoked, that like stupid cold smoking thing that they do to liquor. I don't know if you've ever seen that before, or maybe you all have just managed to avoid that, but it is 
No, I've seen not good. It. Oh, it's it's not good at all. <laughs> I will say, best smoky flavor though that I could actually see Asher quaffing is Lapsang Sushang. I don't know if that's like a thing for other people, but that like black tea, you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. There's like a very smoky black tea that tastes like campfire. That is like the flavor of it because it's like roasted over burning pine needles. I don't know. Try it if you haven't. It's also a really good way to instill smoke flavor without using uh, liquid smoke. Oh, cool. Reminds me of my dandelion coffee I have to drink in the morning because it's supposed to be good for my uh, cholesterol that literally tastes like I'm drinking dirt. <laughs> it's chicory, right? Isn't that chicory? Yeah. Am I, I wrong? I think chicory it's, it's is. It's like ground dried. Yeah. Root. Yeah. That was like a that was a cowboy coffee sort of thing. Chicory was like cowboy coffee. Mm -hmm. They yeah. did that because if you didn't have coffee available, it supposedly tasted <laughs> yeah, similar. That's, that's the same story. <laughs> Which I don't taste yeah, it. If any of you have ever been won't. given carob instead of chocolate. So we've got what, like beet, jerky, <laughs> smoke flavored. What did we decide on for bricks? Oh, pure caffeine for Garrett. <laughs> pizza uh, stairs. Stairs pizza. Head stairs pizza. <laughs> Probably something okay. off the ground. <laughs> Sean Mickey D, uh, there you have it. Uh, an unforgettable mead, if ever there was Good one. Good luck. Um, we don't envy you. Just really go heavy on the honey, because you're going to need to cover up a, a lot, lot of, of crimes. Is, um, I think the secret ingredient is crime. Yeah, the terroir of the <laughs> subway system stairs. <laughs> I mean, I think we're closing in on 10.30 here. Uh, we've been going for close to yeah. two and a half hours. This might be time to... Yeah, we've been... according to uh, the stream, the stream has been live for two hours, 19 minutes, and 10 seconds right now. As soon as you said it, it became the past. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, right no now. time has passed. Oh, uh, no right time has right passed. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, everyone. Yeah, thanks out for in TV land. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for watching the show, and thank you, everybody. For um, thanks for listening later on, and also to other stuff earlier and stuff later. We got a new episode dropping in a couple hours, and then it's going to be a couple weeks of Pathfinder Two E. Yeah, we're excited yeah. to introduce you. More mm -hmm. pod for your a bod. whole cast of. Yeah, you know, brought to you by Pot Against the Machine presents Rules as Written presents <laughs> James Jacob Arata approved. <laughs> yeah. Well, and more importantly than that, brought to you by everybody listening yes. because it was hitting that Patreon goal that yeah. allowed us to have this little one shot. So, I mean, that was awesome. Thank yeah, you quick so round of applause yeah. for our patrons. Thank you so much for supporting us. You have absolutely blown our minds. Yeah, this is awesome, and we're very excited about this bonus game that we had a lot of fun recording, and um, we're very excited about, you know, everything get to come, and also transcripts, yeah. which is the next goal. That'll be an awesome one to hit. Ending strong, just like we started yeah. strong. I'll <laughs> directly yeah. at yeah. yeah, I believe uh, <laughs> Sam is supposed to be saying something because the rest of us are kind of flipping. I was just going to mm. sit in silence for like 20 minutes. But I guess if, if you all insist, I can go to bed. Yeah, oh, fine. Yeah, the, the people at Legal said we have to as well. So, <laughs> Oh, okay. Good night, Sam. Night, Sam. <laughs> night, Sam. <laughs> Good night, everybody.
machine learning. Kill command receive. Uh, Finder of Paths and Stars says Jero is quiet. Oh, I'm quiet? Okay, I can turn me up, I believe. Let me see what I can do for that. And Izzy is banning everyone. I'm also talking fairly mm -hmm. quieter. Good job, Izzy. Never gonna turn oh, and also, Izzy is up. apparently banning everyone. Awesome. Alexa, increase Jero's volume. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, no. I don't think I can do it while we're live. Just project. Doesn't seem right. Shout. Just, just bellow. Yeah, I can just diaphragm. Scare your lizard. Shout over the howling Florida winds. <laughs> it's actually not too bad right now. The uh, storm passed over and didn't murder everyone, so that was good. That is always good. It would have been pretty rough if it had murdered everyone. <laughs> I just want to know. We'll know who the true fans are. I say this in jest. You're all great. We love you. Uh, when somebody shows up to a, a con someday wearing a hashtag scare your lizard shirt, <laughs> like, that's a deep cut. <laughs> Yeah, I cannot add a filter onto this to uh, increase the gain while it is going. That's always fun. And I already have that all the way up. I can turn everybody else down <laughs> and just turn your own volume up. <laughs> I like the zero-sum volume game. That's a good way. I enjoy the idea that you're putting it on the listener. Like, I'm just going to turn everything down, and then you can deal with it. Everyone else. Why am I so big? <laughs> Oh no, your con's so huge. Why am I oh, I don't know what Skype was showing you what it was like to have twenty cons. Twenty con. You just turn into Shaq. Dumbest thing. Which is weird because I guarantee you that man does not have twenty. He's a restaurateur. You know, he could. What can't he do? Uh, run from one side of the court to the other. He goes to the store and buys bicycles for children. Wow. Comfortably navigate many of the doorways in Japan, as <laughs> I learned as a 6'2 individual. <laughs> <laughs> Sit in a motor vehicle. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, he drives a smart car. I don't know anything about Shaq, because that is the purview of an entirely different related podcast that we love. Mm -hmm. But... Um, yeah, I saw a gif of him getting into his smart car and driving away, and it was just, it brings me pleasure to this moment. I'll find it for the Discord. Um, Thank you. He had to do that for a meme. Probably. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Only thing I know is I remember him saying that he is not ashamed of doing Kazam because he's like, I was 23 years old and they gave me $6 million. Was I going to say no? Oh, Absolutely yeah. not. Why would you say no anyway? That was yeah, uh, I know. that was some cinema masterpiece right there. I never saw Kazam. I did see a good chunk of Steel, and I know that like at one point he doesn't have. This is spoilers for um, Shaq's superhero role from the early to mid '90s. But at one point he basically has to make a free throw in order to save the day, <laughs> and he makes it. <laughs> but. <laughs> I think that's just like the most glorious thing that Hackashack <laughs> and the fact that he couldn't make free throws became a thing that he got redemption for in one of his major motion pictures. Apparently he rides around in a lot of tiny cars. Like that's just the thing you do when you're a big guy, I guess. Because what searching Shack in a tiny car. Are we sure those aren't just regular size cars? Fair. <laughs> Uh, but no, yeah, that's that's the distinctive little smart car. And then here's a here's a bonus. 
Yeah, no, that's that, that's definitely a smart car. That second one looks like it might be an IQ. I don't know if that second one is a smart car. Uh, no, it's, it's, a, it's, well, we'll save this for our, our collaborative podcast. Does the lights on the back look like the lights on an IQ? Uh, well, according to this Jalopnik article, who's in that smart car? <laughs> the answer is, in <laughs> fact, Shaq, if it wasn't okay. already clear by all the photos I posted of him. The smart car. Thank you for that wonderful question about Shaq and a smart car. <laughs> really pleased. <laughs> Thank you, crazy piano man. Thank you, crazy piano man, for, for asking us our Shaq. opinion on <laughs> what is the smallest car that the members of the podcast can envision Shaq in. Thank you. It was a good one. It was. Uh... <laughs> Why does every machine learning turn into a 20 minute discussion on a random celebrity? Now I've tangentially moved to Shaq riding a Segway, and I can't. Because it'd, it'd have to be extended. The handle's so high. Oh <laughs> I'm so excited for um, Shaq to join uh, Tim Curry and Keith David <laughs> as our replacements. Yeah, we just we just need one more, and we have replacements for all four players of the pod. <laughs> Uh, I call Shaq playing. Oh no, I really can't. We you know it's 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 Steve. Well, at least you're the tallest one on the podcast. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that was an assumption. But you said your height, and, and I assumed based on being over true, six feet. It would be a weird yeah. thing to lie about. I have no idea how tall Jeff is, other than it's taller than. Yeah, me. I mean, six even. So. You got me. Asher may be the canonically tallest. I was going to say, we met in person, but I'm bad at judging heights. Right. Maybe that's why I made Asher 6'3". Oh, cl- also, clearly the fourth person would be the uh, reanimated corpse of uh, Cesar Romero. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, well, 